Take the app off your phone that is driving you the craziest. You know the one. Your thumb keeps reaching for it, or if you're over 40, your index finger. Um, We asked people to take that app that was driving them crazy. Take it off. Just do it. And I want to play you what one guy's experience was. That's Manush Zomorodi. And this is the Depression Detox Show. Hello, and welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Tuesday. Appreciate you tuning in with me today. And we have a brand new featured speaker journalist and fellow podcast host debuting on the show to talk about the interesting relationship that we have with our devices, particularly our phones and apps that we use and the effect that they have on our mental well-being. So in today's talk, she discusses three investigations that she ran with her podcast listeners and what they uncovered after their week-long experiment. So without further ado, here's Manush Zomorodi. Enjoy. And I started out as a hardcore journalist with the BBC, with Reuters. I mean, look at the size of that computer monitor. I have been a journalist for a long time. But about five years ago, I found my calling, podcasts. I fell in love with podcasts because they deliver so much more than facts. They deliver emotion. They deliver intimacy. Any podcast listeners here? Yes, you know what it's like. You take me jogging with you. We go to the grocery store. We do our dishes. It's a very unusual relationship that can be built between a journalist and their audience. My first podcast was called Note to Self. It's a tech show, but really it's about being human. Rather than talk about valuations or new products, I tell stories and I do research into how apps and phones and social platforms are changing the way that we think, the things that we believe, the way that our brains work, because it really does feel like every day is we are experimenting on ourselves. And so I want to tell you about three investigations I did with my listeners and play some audio. So think of this as a live podcast. If you want to close your eyes, those of you who are jet-lagged, you're welcome. The first project was four years ago, and we called it Bored and Brilliant, and it was based on a problem that I was having, which was that I was struggling to come up with creative and weird ideas that I used to, and I wondered if it was because my habits had changed. All the little boring moments in my day when I used to let my mind wander, waiting in line for coffee on the subway, now I looked at my phone constantly. And I wondered, were there repercussions? Like, what was going on in my brain when I used to just let my mind wander, when I used to get bored? 
I spoke to neuroscientists and cognitive psychologists who told me that actually when we get bored and ignite uh, a very particular neural network in our brain called the default mode. And this is actually where our most original thinking and creative problem solving can happen. This is when we do something called autobiographical planning. We tell ourselves the story of our life. We look back at the highs and lows, and then we figure out where we're going to go. And here's how boredom researcher, yes, there is such a thing, Dr. Sandy Mann describes it. Once you start daydreaming and allow your mind to really wonder, you start thinking a little bit beyond the conscious, a little bit into the subconscious, which allows sort of different connections um, to take place. It's really awesome, actually. But you can't tap this awesome brain power if you're constantly tapping your phone. So I asked my audience, would you be interested in maybe changing your daily habits just for a week with me to see if we got more boredom into our lives, if we let our minds wander a little bit more, see what would happen. And I thought maybe a couple hundred people would sign up for this project. But within 48 hours, 20,000 people signed up. I was not a special snowflake. So the first thing that we did is we asked them to download some apps. Does this seem perverse? Yes. But we, everybody loves self-quantification, right? So what we wanted them to do is see how much time they were spending on their phones and how many pickups they had every day. Just, you know, just that quick check that you do. And collectively, we discovered that before our week of challenges, we were averaging just over two hours a day on our phones and checking our phones around 60 times. And keep in mind, those numbers from our self-selecting group are actually considered low. It's been estimated that the average American, I'll just speak for Americans, checks their phone around 150 times a day. I want to play you a clip from a listener named Tina about what she discovered. So far, I've been spending between 150 and 200 minutes on my phone per day, and I've been picking up my phone 70 to 100 times per day. And it's really concerning because that's so much time that I could have spent doing something more productive, more creative, more towards myself. And I sort of knew that I was spending too much time on my phone. I was just always so inclined to reach for it whenever there was like a dull moment, instead of just sort of staring blankly or sort of just thinking about things. So how did we get Tina to think more about things? Well, every day for one week, Tina and all the other participants got a newsletter and a corresponding podcast with a challenge, a little tiny behavior tweak to try just for the day to see what happened. My favorite was day three. This assignment was called Delete That App. Take the app off your phone that is driving you the craziest. You know the one. Your thumb keeps reaching for it, or if you're over 40, you're index finger. Um, we asked people to take that app that was driving them crazy. Take it off. Just do it. And I want to play you what one guy's experience was. This is Liam in Los Angeles, and I deleted Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Snapchat, and Vine from my phone in one fell swoop. And it was kind of an embarrassingly emotional experience at first. It felt weirdly lonely to look at that lock screen with no new notifications on it, but I really like deciding for myself when to think about or access my social networks, not giving my phone the power to decide that for me. So thank you. Okay, so Liam is obviously an overachiever, um, but I want him to take a moment to make clear. Our message was not, technology is bad. That was not the message. Technology is amazing, but we have to use it more purposefully, and we have to understand some of the effects that it is having on us. 
At the end of that week, 90% of our participants cut down on their minutes. This project is cited in numerous uh, academic and scientific papers, despite our very unscientific data. But you know what I love more than the numbers are the stories. One guy told me, I feel like I am waking up from a mental hibernation. I think a little neuroscience, a little personal data, it gave people permission to do something as simple as think and reflect. Okay, so for the next project, instead of tackling how we use our devices, I wanted to tackle all the information coming out of our devices and a problem that many listeners had mentioned to me. Information overload. Your CEOs, I'm guessing that is something you have to deal with all the time. Well, 40,000 people signed up for InfoMagical, super silly name, for a week again, of experiments to see if we could find focus and actually do something with all the information that we consume all day long. Because those who suffer from information overload, I'll speak for myself, we are gluttonous. We want to click every link. We want to read every newsletter. We want to find every post. But as 80% of those we surveyed told us, we also feel drained and like we can't process all that information. I spoke to neuroscientist Dr. Daniel Levitin, who said, this is physically impossible. Every time you shift your attention from one thing to another, the brain has to engage a neurochemical switch that uses up nutrients in the brain to accomplish that. So if you're attempting to multitask, you know, doing four or five things at once, you're not actually doing four or five things at once because the brain doesn't work that way. Instead, you're rapidly shifting from one thing to the next, depleting neural resources as you go. So switch, switch, switch. You're using glucose, glucose, glucose. Exactly right. And we have a limited supply of that stuff. So you burn through your glucose, and that is why, I'll just speak for myself here, I put my kids to bed and I find myself lying on the floor, scrolling on Pinterest, looking at couches, doing something incredibly mindfully. So what did we ask people to do? To try and reset our information expectations, we asked our listeners to choose an information goal. And for one week, only consume information that gets you closer to that goal. So psychologists actually call this sticking to a schema. Sticking to a schema has been proven to improve your memory. Twitter, it has no schema. That's why you remember nothing that you read on Twitter. Also, custom emojis. Not only were they super fun to make, but also having a visual reminder is what can help people stay on task. At the end of that week, 71% of our participants reported feeling less overloaded. But really, what excited me was some of them describing the strange sort of magic that they felt. One woman decided to focus on French for the week. She only cooked French recipes. She only watched French YouTube. She left me voice memos in French every single day. So... God bless her, right? Another guy, on a more serious note, got in touch with his estranged father. Someone else finally understood the new tax code. Whatever floats your boat, right? But the point is that by choosing to take in information more purposefully, we can synthesize it and put it to work and do things that actually have meaning and value to us. Big Thanks to Manush Zomorodi for stopping by. I got this clip from YouTube and it is entitled Manush Zomorodi, a new story about tech YPO Edge 2019. And if you'd like to connect with her, you can go to her website, manushz.com. That is also her Instagram and her podcast is entitled Zig Zag Pod. And you can check that out at Zig 
zagpod.com. And her latest book is entitled Bored and Brilliant, How Spacing Out Can Unlock the Most Productive and Creative Self. And I'll have the link to everything I just mentioned, along with a link to today's entire talk. They will all be in the show description below. All right. That is a wrap for me. I hope you have an outstanding rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later. Later.